Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in-store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Morena, good morning. How are you? Hope you're all good. It's Tuesday, the first of the month. Happy first of the month, wherever you are in the country. Tuning in to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's just after six o'clock. Coming up on the show, we've got lots to talk about. Lots happening in the world, and great to celebrate Scotty McLaughlin's win, his first win in the Indy cars yesterday. And uh, watching the news, seeing the Emotion from his family in Cambridge, his mum and dad. Ooh, great little win for Scotty McLaughlin, 28 years of age. He's young. He's got a long time in the sport. He's a supercars champion, three-time winner in the supercar. He's gone over there to chance his arm in the big smoke and, well, started at pole position and got the win in the end. Tactically manoeuvred his way, a couple of tactical pit stops along the journey and then got over the line. In the end, so we're going to celebrate that through the morning. We're going to get Shannon McBride, she's co-host of Pit Lane Parley, and uh, we're going to have a chat to her about that fantastic win from Scotty McLaughlin. Uh, well done, brother. And then also we're going to chat about, wow, what's going on in the football world? The world, our beautiful planet Earth. It's been overwhelming lately, pandemic, dealing with the new normal. Now throwing Putin and Russia invading Ukraine, you start to question... How is this still happening in the 21st century? Sanctions have been implemented worldwide against Russia and FIFA announced its sanctions against football of Russia. <laughs> we'll head to the UK to hear from Ukrainian football reporter Andrew Tudos. And we'll have a chat to him about him. FIFA have come out and, and announced their sanctions, but, well, we want to know, is that enough? Is that the end of it? Is there still more to come from that situation. And also, not only the football, I'm going to chat to Ricardo very, very shortly about Russian athletes. Do we see Russian athletes just turning their back on Russia altogether? Because I was watching the UFC on the weekend and Khabib and Makachev 
two superstars from Russia in the UFC fight game coming out in the, with the Russian flag. It'll be interesting to see if they still come out and, and represent their country with what's going on. So looking forward to diving into that. And then after eight, we're going to chat to Baz McCullum because Emma just stated it, the news, that, well, their backs are against the wall. The Black Caps, they're right up against it. And, well, if anyone can do it, and like any team that likes creating a bit of history and has done so as of late, it can be the Black Caps. But let's be honest, they are right up against it. Devin Conway, 60 not out. Tom Blundell, he's just one not out. So we still got a bit of firepower left uh, to fight another day. 332 runs they need, uh, 94 for four. Uh, it's a tough old slog. But anyway, we'll chat to Baz, the skip McCullum, just after 8 o'clock. Get a little update. We miss old Baz up. He's uh, currently calling the game here in Christchurch, and then he's got to shoot off to India because he's a busy man. He is coaching the Calcutta Knight Riders, so we'll have a chat to him just after 8 o'clock, and then following that, later in the show, we're going to chat a bit of the Tall Blacks because they are on fire, winning three straight in Manila, beating some quality outfits. They've beaten India twice. Lately, just beat India 95-16, to 16, dominating from the outset. And we'll chat to the one and only Casey Frank. Casey Frank, so looking forward to having a wee chat to him about the Tall Blacks going great guns. Uh, yep, like always, give us a text on the text machine, double eight, double three. Love to hear from you. We'll try and tip a few horses because there's a nice wee meeting tomorrow at Hastings, and I've got my loveracing.nz update coming up shortly. Uh, there's a nice wee horse that's uh, been trained in Hastings from uh, a couple of legendary trainers from Hastings so they might have a good chance and then the Derby you've got to remember the Derby's coming up this weekend as well La Creek seen that thing storming home lately so we'll have a chat about that but uh, good show for you like always we want your input give us a call anytime on the Kiara's High Phone Line 0800 150 hello team in Auckland Joe and Kez Emma welcome back Emma long weekend was it okay okay I'll see how you go see how you work nice good to have you back on the show Little four-day weekend, beautiful. And Ricardo Ball, he's at home. He's at home in his in his office. Manchester United flag, fine, strong there, mate. But morning, brother. How are you? Yeah, good is good. Uh, yourself, how's how's? I know you were busy on the digger yesterday. How's Lake Dag looking? <laughs> oh, mate, the digger, the digger. Nah, that's all good. It's good. Um, the guy he's been helping me with. Uh, the Lake Dag. So what I've had to do is I've had to pipe it 150 metres from Lake Dag because basically it just couldn't drain anywhere. Um, so I've piped it, put a something, and it's piped right back to the creek. So there was a dig- digger there. And I've got um, my old neighbour, Mandy Chambers. She's a lovely lady. She's a massage therapist anyway, so I had a massage last night. Don't hate to rub it in. Uh, but she's no, That's what in. she was doing. She's she was rubbing it in, right? That's what she does, yeah. <laughs> she was rubbing it in the wall, mate. Hey. <laughs> You get your mind out of the gutter there, Ricardo. No. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I say nothing. I say nothing. <laughs> um, she's moving in. She's got a tiny, tiny home that's going out the back um, of our house in, in the shed, uh, behind the shed there. So she's building a tiny home. And so the digger was there. I just had to scrape a bit of dirt out and start moving some um, dirt so she can have a nice flat little spot for her to uh, park her little tiny home. So, look, just doing my, my, up my best to... To be so handy, as my wife would say, because I'm absolutely not handy at all. Um, but yeah, just had a busy day, mate. It was good. Yeah, so mate, you'd be like a, a kid in muck, eh? When you're a kid, you always look at diggers and go, "Oh, 
want to drive that. You, and you're just getting to play with one on your own land, no repercussions. Oh, they're actually pretty cool, eh? I was actually, I was just, I, I finished ages ago, but I just stayed on it and just started like moving random things and then just pulling out like prickles and <laughs> I was just wasting diesel, mate. But, um, yeah, when you're a kid, eh, you always wanted, we always want to ride digging and drive digging, dig some holes. And my son, he loves it. So he comes, jumps in the, in the cabin with me and, and just has a little, Tutu on it, and yeah, so oh, it was a very productive day, mate. But today, today, mate, post this, I'm going to play some golf. I'm nice. going to go have a wee hit. Yeah, mate. Well, I you know play? you're locked at home, but you're all good? Yeah, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's all all, all locked down. I've got to do another uh, another rat test today. So the missus is uh, mm. positive. Well, as you know, she's had COVID. I think she's just about over the worst of it. So I'll get her yeah. to do a rat today, see where she's at. I'll do a rat today. But yeah, got to isolate till Friday. So stuck it over Have till you, then, mate. You haven't got it, eh? You no, I've done three rats and I haven't got it. So, so. Do you know what, bro? I've, 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 I've got. I've come to this. It's come to this, mate. It comes to my attention because my wife got it too. Daisy had it, and. Yep. Uh, one of my good friends' wife's had it as well, and and they caught it off another wife from I think somewhere else, but the husbands haven't got it, so I'm yeah. starting to think, is this is this like, is this just the woman flu? I I don't know, like is it? Um, I'm just <laughs> like there's a man to, flu, and there's this, and then there's yeah, this. Yeah, you know how we get paid out for the man flu, and we go down and you know a pile of wreck, and we're in bed, and we're you know because the man flu is real, but. I'm just starting to think because I was right next to Daisy, you know, sleeping in the same bed and, and you know, what so, you know, what on. And then um, I didn't catch it. I haven't caught it. And my kids didn't catch it. It's crazy. Apparently the super spreader, I didn't catch it. And I was right next to her. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't, we haven't That's tested right. our daughter because she doesn't want to put things up her nose. Mm. Um, oh, don't, mate. Don't. Don't. Oh, don't. Oh, my, don't. But, my kids, but she hasn't shown any it. symptoms, mate. She's she's shown no <laughs> symptoms. So two options. Either she's had it and she's asymptomatic or she just hasn't got it. Um, but, yeah, we've been doing our best to, to isolate. So um, the missus has been sleeping in the lounge because the office... Oh, so- the office the where I am now changed, is right hey. off our bedroom. So, there's, you know, I've basically reconnoitered that. And then uh, and so we've done the whole <laughs> uh, the whole separation thing um, for isolation. She even oh. said to me, last night, oh, can I come back in the bed tonight? And I was like, not not with your plague. You stay out there. Um, <laughs> that made me real Do popular. You know, <laughs> my wife, my wife tried to do this to me. And I was like, she was like, hey, um, I might go out uh, where, where my... Um, where this uh, radio set is, it's out in the pool house. So she's like, I'm going to go in the pool house and isolate for five days. You and the kids will be all right. And I said, no. <laughs> hell no. I said, hell no. I'll catch COVID. Come here. I'll catch it. <laughs> she was trying to come out here, watch some movies, watch a bit of Netflix, bring a laptop out, do some work. And I was like, no, 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 no. Come here. Give me a kiss. I'll catch it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, mate, you're just too quick yeah. for the COVID dagger. Yeah, but see that the whole um, it's all changed, isn't it? Because I had to get my kids tested because they were close contacts, and we mm. had to isolate together. And for all of us to be released from prison, I had to get the I had to get the test. Um, oh, and the kids got the test, mate. So they got two tests with that that thing up their nostrils. Man, mm. it was torture. They just absolutely lost it, and they're like, "Dad, no more tests, no more tests." Losing. I had to take like three little 
chocolate bars each. So every time they they had it, they just cried, and then I'll just open up chocolate, give it to them, and then they'd be fine. But they'd be eating this chocolate with a little bit of weeping, you know, <laughs> you know that big <laughs> long cry that they tend oh, to have. Mate. But um, yeah, she was pretty painful. Mate, painful yeah, watch as, a, as a parent, I can't I can't do the test without sneezing. It always just makes me sneeze. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to do, I had to do that on the weekend in Dunedin. When I was going in, this lady, I had to do it twice. I did both games. And I sneezed three times, both times. And she was, and, and you think, oh, that's the quickest way to spread COVID. Hopefully I don't get two lines on this rat test, you know, because I'm just standing there going, ah! <laughs> it's like, oh. anyway, oh, that's our COVID chat. <laughs> Well, uh, we had our um, uh, my daughter's nine, and she just got her ears pierced uh, a few few weeks ago, right? So on top of all of this, yeah. on there's a thing they have to do when they get their ears pierced is you have to grab the earring every day a few times and you twist it around, mm. and so it makes the whole like settle down and things and oh, like, yeah. keep it clean and everything. Yeah. I don't know what she was doing, but she managed. You know, the stud on the end of the earring it disappeared mm. inside her earlobe, and what? we couldn't get it out. So, oh. <laughs> so on top of everything what? else, you know, had the ring white cross and go, ah, oh, this has happened, uh, and we're isolating because of COVID, and they're like, oh, do a rat test. So I did a rat, I was like, nah, it's negative, and they're like, okay, do all your hands and all your things, wear masks, come in, and then we had to go come in, fill out the form, and then we had to wait for them in the car. So we're in the car for half an hour, and then come in and see the nurse, and then the nurse sends us back to the car. Hour and a half later, oh. into the doctor. He's got some pliers and some scissors, and he's like, ah, oh, nightmare, oh, nightmare. Yeah. That was oh, my Sunday night, no. bro. <laughs> oh, wow. Was it, like, embedded into the air? So he had to get in there with the pliers and just pull yeah, it out? Yeah, it was like, you know, the, the, the clasp thing at the back, that was stuck out the back, yeah. but the actual stud of the earring was inside her earlobe. So... Oh. You shouldn't yeah. cave in, mate, to get him peers. Ears peers. Eh? Yeah, I was, yeah. Well, her yeah. and mum went and got it done together, didn't they? Oh, and yeah. Mum had a, mum, Dad, mum had a second got shot no done. chance. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> but I don't, you, you pick your battles, Izzy. You know that. You pick your battles. Mate. Oh, oh she's only three, my one. And wow. You'd think she was 33 with the way she's. Her attitude is. <laughs> Oh, anyway, I look forward to what's about to unfold in the later life, in my later years, mate. When a teenager just rolls out of the out of the house and just gives me absolute attitude and steals my credit card on the way out, mm, can't mm. wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, mine's nine, going on about sixteen, bro. She got she got given <laughs> she got given makeup by grandma for Christmas, and now if we go if, if we go out anywhere, you got to give her ten minutes to do her eyes. <laughs> oh, it's crazy! It's crazy. Hey, uh, Ricardo, in uh, in my little uh, intro there, I was just talk. I was just been thinking about there's lots going on in Russia and yep. with what's happening with the this and with Russian sport and, and FIFA's already come out and, and sanctioned against football of Russia and, and made a few changes there. But it made me think about Russian athletes. And I was watching the UFC on the weekend. Um, Khabib Nagurbumov and um, Machachev. He's won his 11th straight. He's, wow, he's an absolute superstar in the fight game. He destroyed Bobby Green on the weekend, and Bobby Green is a brawler. Anyway, it made me think. They come out, they're representing their, their country of Russia. They had the Russian flag. Um, but it just made me think, do we see, like, these are superstars in the fight game, and there's, and there's superstars around the world that, that are from Russia. Do we see Russian athletes turning their back on on, on 
on the country of Russia and maybe taking a step away and, and maybe not even representing one, not even having the flag a part of their, their name when, whenever they're associated with the sport. Or, you know, just... just like uh, It's just made me think about something like that, mate. Do we see more coming from this? Well, I think it, it's interesting to see how different um, different athletes take it because, you know, you talk about um, mm. all the UFC, the Russian fighters in the UFC coming out with their Russian flags. I mean... Mm. Uh, it's quite a nationalistic thing to do, and you know, and that's what this is all about at the moment. Mm. You know, um, uh, trading on that, and that's kind of Putin's shtick. Um, so, mm. yeah, I, I mean, I I was surprised that they did that, given how tense everything is. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, Dana White, who runs UFC, was pro Trump, who's pro Putin. So, you know, the, I, I don't think the, I don't think you're going to see UFC do anything about it and tell them not to do it. Um, I think it's on the athlete to make a stand. I mean, we saw Daniel Medvedev, the, the tennis player. Mm. I mean, he mm. he won uh, that tournament uh, or that semi-final recently, and he you know walked up to the camera afterwards and wrote um, "No War, Please" on the on the on the on the lens of the camera and stuff. And you know that's what you want to see from Russian athletes. Eh? You want to see them standing up mm. against this and saying, "Hey, look, you know, I'm not part of this. I'm, I don't stand for this. I'm proud to be Russian, but I'm not proud of this." You know, I mean, and we're seeing it in Moscow mm. and St. Petersburg. There are massive peaceful demonstrations where there's just huge gatherings of people holding no war protest signs and they're getting arrested in their thousands mm. i mean you want you know yeah, that, you want to talk to the idiots in, in wellington mean. and and go well you, <laughs> you want no freedom this is what no freedom looks like yeah mate that's yeah that's we're the laughing stock mate of the world but hey well that's the thing like these athletes if they do turn their back on on their country is it do they fear for their lives because you look at what's it, the protesters and they can't even protest in russia you know without being arrested and thrown in jail let alone on the world stage, will there be a backlash if we see these athletes coming out like Medvedev going, no war? You know, like, yeah. is he able to return back to his country of residence and, and see his family? Or is that just the end of it? Once they turn their back on, on their country, is that it? Is it going yeah. over? That's a really good question, Izzy, because I saw one of the, uh, I can't remember which team he plays for now because I don't follow it that closely, but one of the ice hockey players, Russian ice hockey players in the NHL mm. did something similar, you know, um, and you, when you've got guys like Putin running things, it must be scary for, for all their families and everything. It's like um, Ennis Kantner, you know, the basketball player, the NBA, mm, yeah. he's Turkish, he can't go back to Turkey. Yeah. Like they've rescinded his passport, so he can't even travel um, overseas and things. And they, you know, the Turkish government have got his family are in Turkey, and because he's anti that government, they uh, they've basically threatened the family, and they've had the family come out and denounce him. So, you know, mm. and, and and the guy in Turkey, Erdogan, is is no different to Putin. I don't think. I think they're cut from the same cloth. So. Ooh. I think if you're a Russian athlete, yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous thing. I mean, probably for Daniel Medvedev, it's not so bad because he probably doesn't live in Russia. He probably lives in Monaco or somewhere. But, you yeah. know, um, yeah. actually going back and seeing family and doing those things, I think, um, you know, puts a, it puts a lot at risk. So these guys are taking, uh, you know, sort of they're taking a big chance by, being, be, by right. coming out and being anti-the war and anti-Putin. Yeah, when, when they do speak, like they speak on the big stage, you know, Russian... We we know how just crazy they are. They've seen that what's happened unfolded as of late. Like they could potentially go threaten their family, and, and so these athletes will probably be 
not trying to put their their families at risk, and and they want their, them to be safe, and and so they probably you know there's this there's just so much going on, and, and particularly with what happened in the Olympics, Russian Olympic Committee, the drugging scandal of four years ago, and then having to go through that. I just don't know if Russian sport will ever ever be the same. You know, they're such a big big influence on the world stage with with all the you know, numbers that they provide, particularly at the Olympics. They're huge. They're always winning gold medals and and doing having so much success, but Will it ever be the same? Yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, that's that's the thing, mate. I, yeah, I think that's a, that's a massive question. And I mean, I know Putin mm. is a, you know, uh, a, a very strong leader. But I mean, if if they if they get rid of him, if they depose him, then who's next? And will it be any better or any different? <laughs> Thank goodness Trump ain't here, eh? Him and old good mate pro <laughs> Trumpy will be bloody just having a laugh. NATO, nah, mate, we're with you. We'll come with you, mate. Oh my goodness. She's crazy, crazy world we live in. But anyway, that is our chat about Russian athletes. This is something I've just been simmering on overnight, just getting a little delve into it. And we're going to chat a bit more with uh, Andrew Todos and uh, about his Ukrainian uh, football rider and just have a wee chat. It, it could more have been done from FIFA. And is this only, only the start? So really looking forward to him. I know, uh, Ricardo, you're, you went and hustled a couple of good guests coming up on the show. So we'll have a wee good chat. And like always, want to hear from you. With your thoughts about Russian athletes, can we see more eventuating from what's going on in the future? And do we see rough, Russian athletes like Medvedev, uh, Khabib, Nabumatov, Matichev? There's more. There's superstars all over the globe. Can we see them turning their back on Russia? We'll be back shortly. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. But Rick's here now. And Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Bad as Baz is away. Baz is away, so we've got Ricardo Ball in the in the in the house. He's helping out for the next couple of days on the show. So great to have you on the show, uh, Ricardo. We've got a few text messages come through. Go Liverpool! Wow, is that from you, Kez? See you, Kez, in the kitchen cooking up something, mate. Is that your little? Is that your? Oh, he's recently single, so maybe he's got a new phone, new number. Is that your new number? Is it, bro? Hey, let us know. He's rocking two phones. He's <laughs> rocking two phones. He's rocking, rocking two phones, mate. That's how he rolls. And then we got another one from Mark, good friend of the show. Morena, Izzy, Ricardo, Emma, and the lads in the kitchen. Question with Russia: Why can't the world ban them outright and not let them compete at all? Like what happened to South Africa with the ROC? They were still. They were, they were still there, still had a voice. If we cut all of that, it will send a massive message. Well, that's the question. And um, it's interesting what's going about to unfold with FIFA. Will they ban them from, from everything? And there's been questions and talks of that as of late, and we'll get a wee update. Ricardo's probably got an update on that. Have they come out with any more news, Ricardo? Yeah, they have, um, and this is off the back of the International Olympic Committee, um, who in the past have been quite soft on them, have actually come out, and they've sort of, in a way, put pressure on FIFA and other sporting organisations. Uh, the IOC have come out and called on all sporting organisations to exclude all Russian and Belarusian athletes and officials from international events. So I think that means wow. that you'll see uh, more coming out, and, and FIFA's also having... Uh, pressure put on them by its own members. So uh, the English FA, the Czech FA, the Polish FA, the Swedish FA have all come out and said they will refuse to play Russia and any guys going forward. 
Uh, so that they're just going to lose games. They won't have games. And the thing is that what's uh, what's important about the fact that it's Poland, the Czech Republic, and Sweden, is that they are the four other teams, along with Ukraine and Russia, that are involved in the playoffs to make Qatar. Uh, the World Cup in Qatar. So it's all the teams involved in the playoffs are going, no, we're not playing those guys. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> oh, big, big dramas coming out of the football world. And I'm sure we're going to hear more from it going forward. And not only in football, I think everything, because I don't think anyone will want to play against anyone part associated with Russia. So it's going to be uh, huge news, huge, huge news. Anyway, coming up after the news, we're going to chat a bit of loveracing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Look, let's be honest, it's pretty quiet as of late, but I've got a wee something for Hastings tomorrow, uh, the Avondale Group 2. Um, we spoke about it yourself, but self-assession is the favourite to win that, but we've got a wee something for a couple of hometown heroes. We'll come back shortly and have a wee chat about that. But right now, here's Emma with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Oh, the kitchen's on fire this morning. Thank you, Emma, for that wee news update. Might get a wee update of your weekend. Very shortly, eh? it's been a long one. See what you get up to. Anyway, time for our Love Racing. .nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. And, well, it, like I said before, she's pretty slow at the start of each week. Unless you want to have a wee punt on the dogs around the world. Or go to Hong Kong or somewhere like that, Japan or even USA. But, oh, she's a bit slow. But anyway... Tomorrow, there's a big meet, uh, big race in Hastings. And we've got Hastings trainers Guy Lowry, Grant Cullen are hoping to snare top honours in the Group 2 Little Avondale Lowland Stakes 2,100 metres race at the home track in Hastings with Love Letter. So Love Letter is going into this race with good form, having won one of her five starts and placed in three others, in three, including the Group 2, group two Desert Gold Stakes 1,600 metre behind Group 1 Vodafone, Derby favourite, La Creek, which is going on a race this weekend. Uh, Larry is pleased with his filly out here to Wednesday, but he admitted being slightly concerned about her wide alley of nine in the 11 horse race. Um, so there you go, love letter. Racing tomorrow in the Group uh, 2 low, Little Avondale Lowland Stakes. Um, it's uh, up against some quality horses. Jamie Rich has got a few good goodies in there. South opposition. Uh, it's won a couple as of late. So it's got a, it's got a good chance at home. And uh, Guy Lowry and Grant Cullen have got, um, hoping for a good home outing for Love Letter in Hastings tomorrow. And then later on this week, we've got, remember, heading into the weekend, New Zealand Vodafone Derby weekend. Woo! La Creek, seeing that thing storm home and pretty much ruin my horse the perfect pink, which was favourite before last outing. And then, well, after that race, the perfect pink got shunted. And it's not racing in the derby now. It's actually racing in the Oaks. So it's gone, and it's targeting the Oaks later on. But anyway, I've had a wee look at a field tonight. I've had a wee look at a field tonight. There is a Australian meeting, an Australian meeting. I've gone through at a wee look-see, and I've gone to Bendigo. 
We love a good Bendigo meeting. That's when you know something's wrong when you can't have a punt in Aussie at Bendigo. But here you go. I've had a wee look. And you know me. You know me. I love a wee odds. I love a wee odds. So I've gone to race five in Bendigo. And I've gone down to number 11, Mahia. Um, my wife's from Gisborne, which is close to Mahia, in between Gizzy and Wairo on the on the pen- peninsula there, Mahia. Um, jockey is Michael D. His trainer is Trent Bussardin and Neil Young. Nate Young, I should say. <clears throat> and it's paying $6.50. Not Neil Young. Like, ah. <laughs> I don't even know if it's Nate Young, but it's Trent Bussardin and someone young. Uh, anyway, it's paying $6.50. $6.50. It's, uh, sire, it was, it's out of Darcy Brahma and Diplomacy. It's a four-year-old bay mare. And uh, it's had six starts for one win and one placing. So I think it'll go good. I think it'll go good. I just like the name, and, and Trent Bustin is a good trainer. So there you go. Ma here tonight at uh, Bendigo Race 5. Is our wee update. So we've got Baz coming on after eight, and I'm sure he's had a real good look at at what's happening lately, and I'm sure he'll have something for Hastings, and then later on in the week as we build to the weekend, because weekend, that's when I come to life to have a wee chat about the horse racing. That was our Love Racing update. Thanks to the team. LoveRacing.nz, your home for thoroughbred racing news, previews, and more. Ricardo, you like that one, mate? Mate, it's good. It's good. I was going. I was going to ask you how much uh, cricket you reckon we'll get out of Baz, and how much is just going to be horses because he loves talking a punt. <laughs> well, it'll be more horses, mate, because the cracker sales are coming up. Cracker sales are coming up. And we're in a. Um, well, me and Baz and myself have got a horse. We're in a syndication group with a couple of Auckland blokes, and uh, they've. Um, you know, we we love having a wee chat and we dabble. So I've got ten percent stake in my my new um, my new horse. Anyway, he's come on the group and he says, "Boys." Should we buy this? So he's found another horse at the Cracker Sales. <laughs> he's found another horse at, a, at the Cracker Sales. I won't say what it is because apparently if I say it, people will try and bid on it and make us buy a pay top dollar. But, um, yeah, he's come through with another filly, uh, which could be something to look at in the Cracker Sales. They are mate, March the 7th through to the 9th. And, uh, yeah. This keeps up, mate. You'll have, to, uh, you'll have to sell your digger to pay for your horses. <laughs> Oh no, nah, mate. Nah, mate! I just, I just, you know, you know, you're probably the same, mate. With your TAB account, when it fills up, you just slowly just slip it in your back pocket. I've got that weird account, mate. Got yeah. that weird account that the wife just doesn't see. Account, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, um, I got some uh, some breaking news. Is if you want some breaking news, okay? Yeah, break it, brother. Okay, Fabrizio Romano, who's one of the top uh, football journalists in Europe, has said it's official. FIFA mm. and UEFA have suspended all Russian clubs and national teams from all competitions. Football wow. is fully unified here and in solidarity with all the people affected in the Ukraine, says the statement. Mm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. So, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That's huge news. That, and, and I was... I was also thinking, just I know we're going to get off to Quizzy Dag. Remember, give us a call 0800 150 to take on the Quizmaster. Your chance to win $50. This is going to be a tough one. So, Timmy, you're not going to, you're not going to have a whitewash and take it five straight, mate. It's going to be a tough one. So, call now to take on the Quizmaster, the Is Master, and the Quiz, and you give win $50 TAB bonus beer. But quickly, I was just going to say, do you think it's fair? 
Do you think it's fair? I know, look, nothing's fair with, with what's going on in, in Ukraine. It's unfair for all the people over there suffering. But because of one man's decision, Vladimir Putin, and his decision to go invade Ukraine, that they punish all athletes, all athletes, that potentially most of them, 90% of them probably against the war, but they're being punished. Is, you think that's fair? It's a tough one. It's a tough one. But the, the, yeah. like, as I mentioned before, you know, Russia, it's, Putin is all about his nationalism and his chest thumping and things. And he yeah. sees that yeah. competing at the top end, like the Olympics and all that sort of stuff, as being paramount to the, the Russian ideal and, uh, and to national pride. So they're trying, that's mm. where they're trying to hurt them. They're going, all right, well, you can't compete with the rest of us. Then we don't want to know you. See you later. And yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, Spartak Moscow is probably not even, you know, it's not a... Uh, it's not like it's the old communist days. It's it's owned by a private private person. Not nothing to do with it. But mm. it's like, well, you represent Russia, so anything that represents Russia, it's part of the Russian Federation. You're gone. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, call us right now. 0800-150-811 to take on that quizmaster. Back shortly. Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> Oh, well done. The kitchen little remix to start your day. Hey, the boys are on fire. It's time. Time to get someone paid. Hopefully, well, it's a little bit tougher. It is a little bit tougher than yesterday, I must say. I've just had a wee look-see. So good luck. Good luck. We're going to go to Mike. You're up first, bud. Morning, Mike. Morning. How we going? Good, Mikey. Good, Mikey. We'll rip into it, bud. We haven't got too long. Here we go. Question number one. How many players did Italy finish with in their Six Nations match with Ireland yesterday? 13. Ooh. Ooh. Sorry, bud. We're going to go to Kevin. We're going to go to Kevin. Morning, Kevin. Good morning. Morning. I'm going to go to question number... Yes, you got the answer? Oh, uh, what is it, 13? Not listening, Kevy. It is not 13. Sorry, Kevy, brother. We're going to go to Simon in Auckland. Simon. How you going? How you going, boys? How you going, Simon? Yeah, very well. Very well, Simon. You bring it home, brother. How many players did Italy finish with in the Six Nations match against England? Uh, Italy. Uh, Ireland. Not Italy. <laughs> uh, what, 12? Yeah, 12, mate. Well done. Congrats, here we go. Question number two. With an early shout for catch of the year, who did Will Young catch yesterday at the boundary? Uh, was it Mulder? Oh, no. Oh, no. Not Scully no, it wasn't either. Mulder. No. <laughs> Sorry, brother. Remember, you got phone a friend. You got phone a friend, everyone. We're going to go Jaden Hamilton. Hey, brother. How are you? Yeah, very good, JD bro. Here we go, ripping eight with an early shout for catch of the year. Who did Will Young catch yesterday on the boundary? Marco Jensen. 
Yeah, it was Marco Jansen. Well done. Question number three. How many penalties did Liverpool score to win the Carabao Cup yesterday? Five. Four. 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 Sorry, brother. Not four. Here we go. Going to go to John in Christchurch. Good old Cantab John. Here we go. Hello, mate. It's 11, mate. It is 11. Well done. Question number four, Johnny. Who are the defending champions of the Women's Cricket World Cup starting this Friday? Five. Oh, Three. Mm. Hey? <laughs> we better hang up on you before you give the answer away. It's not Aussie. Sorry, John. We're going to go to Luke in Dunedin. Luke. Morning. Morning, Lukey. Luke, you ready to rip in. <laughs> Who are the defending I'll, champions? I'll give you a go today, hopefully. I'll go with England. It is England. Congrats. Here we go. Question number five, Lukey. Can't wait to give me a tip on what you're going to give this money to. Here we go. Question number five. What year did Dame Valerie Adams first compete in the Olympics? Uh, I'll phone a friend, please. (laughs) Here's your clue, Lukey. Here's your clue. It was the Olympics that were held in Greece. Five, four, three, two, two. Two thousand and eight. One. Sorry, sorry, wasn't two thousand and eight, Lukey. Have a good day, mate. Richie from Upper Heart, the Muddy Hut. Morning, is he? Morning, bro. Morning. What year did Dame Valerie Adams first compete in the Olympics? Just Same out in year, Doherty and. Back on the triathlon 2004. Yeah. Was 2004. Congratulations, brother. Got a tip for us? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. oh, come on, Richie. Oh. Beautiful, mate. All good, um, mate. Have a good day, bro. Thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, it's a bit slow today. How do we look at? We got Bendigo tonight. Ma here, mate. Race five, horse eleven. Give it a go. I think it's going to go right. Six dollars fifty. Good odds. Follow me. Yeah. I'll have a wee punt. Sweet. So Cheers, brother. Except for number eleven, then. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Oi. You know I got you paid last week, bruh. A little bit of bossy is all I need. Anyway, that was quizzy bag. Well done. Well done. Well done, Richie. Anyway, coming back shortly, we're going to get to Emma with the news, but that was Quizzy Dag shot. Back shortly. Oh, CJ, CJ, CJ. One of the greats. Sexy and Corey Jane, they just aren't even in the same category. What are you on about? I just have to have a wee dig there because I've got the mic. Seen him on the weekend. Seen old CJ on the weekend. Man, he is just so funny. Oh, I love Mate, seeing that With that, that cap fella, and with that big mud flap down the back, he looks like Joe Dirt. Oh, man, he is. His mullet is outstanding, I must say. It's a bit like yours, Ricardo. You've got an absolute champion one there. Have you got short sides too? Take your head off. No, no, no. Mine's long all over. Just full long. Would you ever, would you ever shave the sides and, and go moulay or nah? Yeah, I, I, you know, if I ever moved out of home. 
because <laughs> that's what had happened. I'd get kicked out. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough, mate. mate nah, it was good to see CJ. He's good to see him uh, doing really well. He was a, a really smart mind on the field as well, particularly in defensive uh, part of his game, his ability to shut down defensive uh, attacking lines uh, and seeing what he's able to do with the Hurricanes. I know he's a big part of their outfit. He's got a lot of respect and uh, great to have him on. Beave and Kirsty on the drive show. Um, great to see my mate on the weekend as well. I'm doing the game this Saturday, so I'll see him again, and maybe we'll catch up, post that, and just debrief them. Maybe I might have a few stories for you on Monday, because every time CJ and Izzy catch up, it's front page of the newspaper. There you go. Breaking news Monday next week. Coming up after this, we're going to talk to Andrew Tudos. He's a Ukrainian football writer. Craven and McCaffrey about now. Here's Emma with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Atamarie, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Tuesday, the 1st of March, just after 7 o'clock here. Thank you, Emma, for the news little update. Yep, Tall Blacks been in India convincingly, 90 to, 95 to 60. We're going to have a wee chat to uh, former basketball player Casey Frank. He's doing great things in the commentary world. He's the voice of the basketball, particularly in New Zealand with Sky Sports. So we're going to have a chat to Casey Frank about the Tall Blacks. They are three from three over in Manila. Well done to them and the team and some outstanding players as well. Rob Lowe, double-double last night. He's had a couple of double-doubles lately. So we're going to have a wee chat to Casey Frank about that later on. But coming up in this next hour, we're going to talk to Shannon McBride about Scotty McLaughlin getting his maiden first win in the IndyCar St. Petersburg yesterday morning. We've seen how proud his family were in Cambridge. Uh, a lot of emotion coming out of his mother. Obviously, when you make the sacrifice and you, and you, you know, go and test yourself on the world stage as he's the supercar champion, he could have just stayed there and Keep flying his, his, his trade on the, on the supercars, but he's gone over there, tested the water, and he's done great things. So looking forward to chatting to him. And then uh, we're going to talk a bit of uh, cricket after 8 o'clock with the one and only Baz McCullum, and he might come through with another tip because Kevin on the line has come through with a tip, and we'll talk about that very shortly. But right now, we're going to cross over to Ricardo to intro our next guest. Yeah, thanks, Izzy. Uh, all eyes, of course, at the moment fixated on the Ukraine and as they continue to hold off uh, advancements of Russia, sanctions have been implemented worldwide against the aggressor of this war. Not only governments, uh, but also sports teams and organisations as well. Some have been criticised for not being harsh enough, uh, most notably FIFA, although they've changed that stance in the last few minutes. Football's uh, international governing body is no stranger to controversy, of course, and their initial penalties against the Russians were rejected amongst many within Europe. They've now suspended Russia from international competition, and we thought we'd head to the UK to get the latest from Ukrainian football reporter Andrew Toros. Uh, Andrew is the founder of Zoya Lundinsk, and he joins us now. Good evening, Andrew. How are you doing? Good evening, Ricardo. Good evening, Izzy. Um, I'm well. Good morning to you. So um, I'm I'm doing okay. Um, it's been it's been all right um, news over the past few minutes, as you just mentioned. So I think a lot of people are well. It's finally happened, and we're satisfied with the result that FIFA and UEFA have come up with those decisions. However, 
simultaneously, uh, Kyiv, the capital of Ukraine, is being bombed as we speak. So it's sort of, um, it's a very sort of dark silver cloud, silver lining um, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it took FIFA a long time and there was a lot of pressure from within, uh, you know, the likes of uh, England, FA, Sweden, uh, Czech Republic, Poland refusing uh, outright to play Russia in any sort of form of competition. How much do you think that impacted FIFA's decision? Was it was it pressure from within that did this eventually? I think 100%. They saw that all the big nations, well, England, for example, um, said that they weren't going to play, and day by day, over the past few over the past few days, they've seen that the fact that national FAs had to take into their own hands and reject playing Russia, that they probably were going to lose this one. And FIFA knows that, you know, no, no, no jokes around or anything like that, that UEFA is the sort of the money bringer in, in global football in reality. And if the majority of UEFA nations rejected playing at the World Cup, then it would be a complete and total flop and catastrophe. So I think they had to act probably not in their their own best interest if you can say you know how they see things but they have acted um following pressure from everyone else hey andrew it's izzy here mate great to have you on the show and you spoke about the scheme of things it's um you know probably nothing to what's going on in ukraine at the moment i just feel for for the people there having to deal with planes and bombings and things going on and uh, the prayers and thoughts go out to the people of Ukraine. Um, but just want to talk to you. Uh, do you do you feel like this will have a huge impact with what with the new sanctions? They've banned Russia uh, from the footballing uh, nations and, and big worldwide competitions. Will this have a huge impact on the world of football? Will this make a dent to the sport? Um, in terms of dent, no way. Um, I think that people will carry on without Russia and there won't be much of a problem. The dent that it will do yeah. is for the Russian football, um, where mm. they're, all of their foreign-based players, you know, they've got high-paid Brazilians over there and other uh, nationalities that will more than likely leave. Um, all the mm. Russian footballers, you know, for the Russian national teams will have their chances of playing at World Cups and Euros taken away from them. However, I think this is completely the right decision because maybe finally it might get to some of those athletes um, to finally mm. make a stand through their social media. They've got millions of followers on mm. social media. And instead of just saying no to war, which doesn't put any blame on anyone, doesn't really explicitly shout anything out, then you know that it, that sort of message is kind of pointless from a from a russian standpoint what it might do we'll see over the coming weeks months or however long this is going to last whether reality is is uh whether russian athletes will start speaking up for you know for their careers being completely ruined by vladimir putin and maybe once they do that explicitly they can get other people that follow them, you know, the ordinary person in the street to come out and protest. And once they have a good amount, good numbers, you know, in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands on the streets, then the police that usually suppress all of that stuff over there will not be able to do anything. I had a chat with Ricardo earlier about it as well. And do you, do you feel like the the big superstar athletes I was talking about could be Nikov and... Uh, we're talking about Daniel Danielle Medvedev. Man, I can't get my words out. But you know what I mean. Uh, do you feel like these guys are probably 
the fear factor that Vladimir Putin has, has put on them. They don't want to come out and speak because of the repercussions their families potentially will will have on them. Yeah, of course. Of mm. course it is. But but that's the thing. You know, if, if one person stands up or if they can somehow get together and somehow uh, make that work, then, yeah, it could work. But you know, reality, it seems that... Well, for example, I feel that uh, individual Russian players will still be able to play abroad, as far as I'm aware. That's just what it seems mm. like from the news. So, and, like, tennis players are still allowed to, you know, play. As it's sort of like more of an on, an individual basis rather than the team sport, if you can say. But um, how that will actually end up working out um, in the long run, like, the more frustrated they get that they won't be able to have the opportunities that they used, that they formerly had and probably Russia will start looking towards maybe making some sort of new new alliance like UEFA FIFA esque which is evidently going to be some some very low end, low level uh kind of football tournament. We'll see. But mm. for the for the for the time right now and the message to show a united front from more or less the entire world in the sporting world, I think this is perfectly good and hopefully it'll get through to those athletes who I think it should it has targeted the most. Because Putin, in my opinion, he's already gone too far in terms of there's no coming yeah. back from him. He doesn't care. He's hosted the World Cup in 2018 and everything else. It's, you know, he doesn't really have anything else left to lose. So it's probably FIFA should be looking at themselves and saying, why did we allow the 2018 World Cups happen? And mm. all, all the other problems that they've been doing. Uh, related to Russia over the past few years. What, what do you think it says um, about, you know, the slow response FIFA's had as an organisation? I mean, and there's been talks, you know, that Gianni Infantino, uh, the president of FIFA, has quite close ties with Putin. Do you think that puts his role under threat as well? Potentially, but it just depends on what those ties are. Uh, it's... <laughs> The the role of Infantino will evidently become irrelevant in the grand scheme of things if the rest of, like, if all of UEFA is against him other than Russia. It's not like Russia is some sort of super, super talent, superstar country or even a leading football country, you know. And I feel that he probably weighed up his losses and thought, well, we've got to do this, really. I, I guess the only thing that many Ukrainians... Some people, some friends I've been talking to just in the past hour or so are, are worried about just to make sure it's not for two weeks or anything, but make sure it hits and where it hurts. And then they can come back once, you know, the errors of their ways have been have, have been sorted out. Uh, we've also um, obviously seen the um, the Olympic Committee uh, who have, you know, I mean, they let Sochi go ahead uh, and they've been grandly criticised for doing very little for a long time. But, you know, it was only a few hours ago that they came out and, and said all sporting organisation, organisations should exclude Russian and Belarusian athletes and officials from international events. Did that surprise you coming from the IOC, given how much Thomas Bach has sat on his hands in the past? Absolutely. Um, I think we, a lot of people were slightly surprised that the IOC actually came out before FIFA and UEFA because I feel that the pressure has been coming from FIFA, on FIFA and UEFA a bit more vocally anyway in the media from, uh, from footballers across the world compared to, you know, athletes of the Olympic discipline. So I feel that 
because the IOC came out first, UEFA and FIFA had to follow that up. And I, I, I don't even think that the IOC um, decision is official yet. I think it's just like a recommendation. So we need to wait and see that actually an action first. Um, and then we can carry on with that. Because the, the main issue is that these dictators, um, Putin and Lukashenko, use sport as like a, a show of pride in how great their countries are. Without being able to do that on a global propaganda stage, then it's a massive dent to their own to their own sort of pride and power that they have over their own people and like showing how great their countries are. If they can't do that, then evidently there might be some dissent and hopefully we'll be able to change the country's, country's outlooks in the future. Mm. We're chatting to Andrew Toros. He's a Ukrainian football reporter out of the UK. Thank you so much for joining us. Just a quick question on um, Chelsea. So Russian Chelsea owner Roman Abramovich gives stewardship over to the of the club to the trustees. Can we see more eventuating out of this with uh, with the club Chelsea and, and how much power they hold? Obviously going down against Liverpool. I'm not sure if you're a Liverpool or Chelsea fan, but can you see more happening and eventuating from this? Possibly, because I was reading, so I think it was the Telegraph in the UK have been uh, rumouring that those trustees that he's handed it over to are planning on resigning or don't really want to have the responsibility that is just being passed off onto Ooh. them. Because evidently they realised that this is, you know, problematic. There was also some rumours yeah. today that I saw, a, I think it was like the Jerusalem Post or something like that was coming out with the fact that Roman Abramovich was part of peace talks between like Russia and Ukraine and Belarus. And he's been like requested by someone from Ukraine to undertake them. However, I've seen no verification of that news anywhere in sort of Ukrainian media. So not trusting that uh, for the time being. Andrew, I mean, we've, you know, I, I guess FIFA and the IOC are the two big dogs in world sports. Easy to take shots at them. Um, what sort of scrutiny are others coming under, the likes of FIBA and, and even, you know, the ATP and WTA? I see Alina Svitolina um, has said that she is um, going to refuse to play uh, a Russian player, Anastasia Potapova, in the first round at WTA in Monterey this week. Uh, she's released a statement saying she doesn't blame the Russian athletes, but she's not going to play any Russians or Belarusians until, uh, you know, the, uh, until tennis makes a stand and basically, you know, uh, tries to make those athletes uh, perform without flags or colours or national symbols or anthems. Yeah, well, I don't, I've not really heard anything from FIBA yet. I'm not 100% sure what's going on there. But, yeah, like you say, Alina, if Alina said that, she's also, uh, there's also been, I think, Lesid Sorenko, who's also another um, Ukrainian tennis player who has also responded with the fact that they don't want to be playing against Russian athletes. And similarly, they don't blame the Russian athletes, but they can't, they can't do that. Whereas um, ex-well-known Ukrainian tennis player, Serhii Stahovsky, he's actually signed up for territorial defence in the past few days so uh, uh, he's moved away from the world of tennis not directly retiring I think he retired a few months ago but he's sort of taking a completely different outlook um, and approach to this war by actually actively participating in it and I guess you know it's, it's a thing that athletes 
I mean, Izzy sort of touched on this earlier. Um, it puts them in, it can put them in a difficult position. Well, we've seen what's happened to Ennis Kantner, you know, by criticising uh, Erdogan in Turkey and uh, the fact he can't travel and he's got warrants out for his arrest if he goes through uh, Europe from, from uh, and they've cancelled his passport, things like that. We've even seen Phil Mickelson recently, you know, cop, um, he's lost a whole bunch of sponsors for being critical of the Saudi Arabian uh, regime and things. I mean, what do you think athletes, individual athletes, can actually do to make a difference here? Um, well, I guess we'll see what's going to happen there because the the matter of fact is that all these owners and all these all these all these sportsmen that are quite controversial. Um, I guess it's a case by case basis, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure what what will probably end up happening on that front. To be honest, at the time being. Mm. All right, Andrew. Hey, listen, I know it's a, it's a difficult time at the moment and, and things are very fluid. Uh, we've got breaking news left, right and centre and, and uh, I see Anastasia uh, Pavlyuchenkova, uh, the Russian tennis player, has also just put out uh, a statement as well. It's, uh, it's a moving beast, but we really appreciate your time coming on and, and, and educating us to an extent on where you think things sit at the moment. And uh, mm. stay safe over in London and, uh, as Izzy said, our thoughts with uh, people in the Ukraine. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew Toros there with us. Uh, you can follow Andrew. He's uh, he has a um, a Twitter account called Zoya Londonosk, uh, which basically is a collection of Ukrainian English uh, sports journalists uh, that are covering this at the moment. So uh, that is all on there. Is he? This is uh, Baz and Izzy. Uh, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse on SENZ. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk some more sport up next. It's 7.25 here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. You can call us anytime on the Kennard's Hire phone line 0800 150 And uh, we're going to talk some cricket with Baz McCullum after 8 o'clock. The skip is uh, going to join us out of Christchurch where he's been uh, calling the second test. Uh, but, man, one of the things we've got to talk to him about is is that catch yesterday from Will Young <laughs> on the boundary. <laughs> Um, that was, you know, what it reminded me of. Do you remember that that Matthew Sinclair catch of Matthew Hayden yeah. back in what was that about two thousand four? It, yes, it, it kind of was. It was like the reverse angle, wasn't it? Because I think Skip made that. Uh, Skippy made that catch with his with his right hand, but this one was made by Will Young with his left. Yeah, he made it look so effortless. Like he was casual as they come, like just on the boundary, just like wasn't even sprinting, just jogging, jogging, chucks his arm out and, and it just sticks. And and when you get that, that ball into the perfect spot on the palm of your hand, it just sticks. And it you, know, you remind me of the Matt Sinclair. It also reminded me, I don't know if you remember this one, but Nathan Astle at McLean Park, when he's jogging down straight down the boundary and he just dives and puts his left hand out and catches it one hand. I think it was against South Africa. And I play a bit of golf with, with Astle and I always remind him about that catch. Not that I fill his head up, but, mate, fantastic, fantastic. But I think the question is, today, Ricardo, mm-hmm. the mindset, how they get through this and, and, and how they're going to approach this. Honestly, their back is they're, they're against the wall. The, eight, the, the 94 for four. They've got Devin Conway. 
He is the key. He is the key. And, and we've had a text come through, and he's spot on. This is from Kevin. So, Ricardo, have a look at Young and Nichols and their, their footwork compared to Conway and, and the way Nichols potentially he went out. He went on the back foot, um, got bowled, um, clean bowled. But, yeah, just look at Conway's footwork. He's very positioned when the ball is bowled, i.e. footwork, his eyes are on the ball release. Two essentials, as from Kevin from Titarangi. He is right on the money. I think Conway is the key for today. He is the, the cog. And, and, look, the question is, is what kind of mindset? Is this Black Caps, Black Caps team going into this match? Are we going to go in defensive defensive mindset, try and salvage a draw here, stay, you know, just bat throughout the day? We've still got batters coming. We've got Tom Young. Oh, no, we've got not Tom Young. Tom Blundell. Tom Blundell coming through. We've got Colin de Gronholm. He's, uh, you know, coming, coming in from a century-making uh, innings in that first inning. So that's the question. What mindset? Are we attacking it? Are we attacking going for the win? which this Black Caps team has done as of late. They've always had a positive mindset. Or are we going in and being defensive here and we're going to salvage a draw? That is the question and how they're going to approach it. And I'm, going to, I'm looking forward to asking Baz that question as well. But for you, what do you reckon? Well, I think it's a bit of a no-win situation at the moment. I think you've got mm. to play your natural game. But we've got yeah. so little batting to come that if they really go for it, go for it, I think we're in, we're in trouble. Um, but you can't just you know sit there and block all day either. If, if the shots there, you nah. got to play it. You know, so it's, I, I think they're they're somewhere in between, and it's a, it's a difficult mm. balancing act. I've, I mean, you know, uh, if Devin, if heavy Devi can stay there for a while, uh, you know, we, we have a chance. But yeah, like you say, it's all on him. And then what happens at the other end? Um, I, I mean, Blundell uh, needs to needs to really um, dig in, and we need him to be there, sort of come come lunch, really, um, to to have any chance. I think he can bat. He can bat. Tom Blundell can bat, and he's he's. Wicket-keeping has been fantastic as well. I must say, his, some of his catching has been out the gate. And that was one of the questions um, Smithy was, what had, had on him. Is, his, his batting, yes, he's solid. He got 96 in the first game. Um, and we know how that eventuated with Blackass winning that. But then his wicket-keeping has always been the question. But he's been keeping very, very well. But Tom Blundell can bat. Colin de Gromhol can bat. Henry... Uh, uh, Matt Henry, Matt Henry got 58 in that first test. So, look, the, the, the tail is wagging, but you're right. We need we need them to go into this mindset, uh, go into this, this day with, with a positive mindset. You can't block everything. Otherwise, South Africa will put just about eight players around the bat. And when you're going into that, it's just too hard. So keep playing their shops. Keep rotating the, the, the strike. Keep you know getting singles. Keep playing hard and positive cricket. And then uh, something will will look to eventuate. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'd love to hear what Baz says, mate. I want to hear what he thinks because uh, when I t- messaged him the other day, when it was pretty easily poised, he said he, he didn't know. He didn't know how this is going to eventuate. But right now, South Africa, South Africa, and the Proteas are in the driving seat, and well, they're going well, a long way to to evening up this this test match. Yeah, I've got to give a shout Two out to series. Mitch McLennigan because when I was I was hosting a show with him uh, before the series started, and he picked a one-all series score. He was just like, mm. oh, I think these two teams are pretty even. I think it'll be a, a test of peace. Yeah, yeah, he's right on the money, right on the money. Hopefully, hopefully though, hopefully Devin Conway against his uh, his old country, I must say, his old country can uh, pull the wool over the lads and and pull something, create a bit of history. Was first ever. Series win against South Africa, the Proteas. We've never done it. Maybe today is a day. Oh, they've got a lot of work. But anyway, we'll come back shortly for uh, 
Ricardo. He's going to give us a little sporting news update after the news. But here's Emma with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yeah, thanks very much, Emma. It's 27 away from 8 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. And uh, we uh, saw the final trial match from the NRL last night, Izzy, between the Cronulla Sharks and the Canterbury Bulldogs. And, of course, Canterbury have rebuilt their roster. Phil Gould is there sort of mm. overseeing things with Trent Barrett. And, you know, I've... I've been doing this thing on, on the extra time where I've been getting uh, fans of each NRL club to come on and talk about their expectations for 2022 and, uh, yeah. you know, talk, talk all about that. And, I, and I, I started at the bottom of the ladder and I've got a Bulldogs fan on and we talked about the new roster and he was very, very excited. He said I, he picked them to finish seventh this year. He thought they were going to mm. be a playoff team. Uh, well, their final mm. trial match, uh, there was a fight uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. Um, got binned, <laughs> and uh, they lost 30-6. to six. Um, And Trent oh. Barrett came out afterwards and said, we need to iron this crap out of their game. Um, talking about Pangai and the dogs amongst what he called worrying signs. So, uh, yeah, if you're a dogs mm. fan, maybe maybe it's, it's not looking as rosy as we thought. Yeah, look, it's, it's funny because yeah, the previous... Um Preseason game, they actually weren't too far off. I can't. I think they were playing the Rabbitohs. I think it was, and uh, yeah, potentially pushed them. They looked pretty solid, but then you see that when when it's getting closer to the the season starting, all the guns come out. It's a bit like the Warriors when they played the Storm. You think, oh yeah, we just smoked the Storm, but the Storm had, had like yeah, a lot of young guys, players that had pr- never played NRL, so you can't take too much out of the preseason. But as you move closer to the start of the season. A lot of the sides bring out their stars and bring out their starters just to give them game time, leading them to the NRL. So that would just be a huge wake-up call for the uh, for the Bulldogs. Look, I've, I've been a Bulldog supporter, and, and the one number one reason why was because Sonny Bull Williams was there and, and uh, you know, Mason and, and Randy Matua and, and all those superstars, Steve Price when he was playing for them. So I used to love the, the, the Bulldogs, but they have struggled as of late. And, and I know Phil Gould and... And uh, Josh had a cars, you know, a big signing for them and, and looking for him to do great things. But I think it's a long term. But with Phil Gould there, they're heading in the right direction. He'll be he'll be telling them how it is, mate. And come review today, he'll be leaving it all on the plate and just saying, look, Tavita Pangai, mate, you can't do that. You can't go out and just be an idiot like that. So I'm sure he'll iron out those little chunk clinks in their armour. Yeah, well, I mean, um, Shag, uh, Steve Hansen was obviously involved there for a while, so I don't know if he's still there mm. this year, mate, but I mean, if you'd put, put in a performance like that in the, in the All Blacks and somebody had gotten binned and you'd been beaten by 24 points and you're in the dressing room afterwards, what would Shag have been like? Um, She'd probably be silent, to be honest, mate. Silence is, is, is the worst, probably. You know how when you make a mistake at home and your wife gives you the silent treatment, that's what it's like. <laughs> He'd be sitting over there just giving you the silent treatment, and you already know you've you've made mistakes. And uh, thank goodness I never had to feel that. I never had to feel that in the black jersey because we did anything possible to try and get a performance out there, so we didn't have to get silence from the big man. But um, I'm sure if he's still involved with with the Bulldogs, which I think he is, because well, let's be honest, he's, he's clipping the ticket everywhere as old shag. Um, <laughs> he'll be he'll be giving them a lot of wisdom and and uh, and some gold. Is that the equivalent of, of Dad saying to you, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed? 
Yeah, yeah, that's it, mate. <laughs> Just silent treatment, yeah? You know you've let yourself down. I don't have to tell you. Oh, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> the absolute worst. The absolute worst. It is uh, 23 away from 8 here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking Scotty McLaughlin, Scotty Dixon. Uh, IndyCar got back underway the first race of the season at St. Pete in Florida, Shannon McBride from Pit Lane Parley. She is going to join us. That is up next here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. I met a strange lady. She made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. She said, Do you come from a land la 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 It is 17 away from 8 here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Uh, Ricardo in for Baz. You can call us anytime on the Kennards Hire phone line 0800 150 811. Time now to uh, talk some indie cars because we've got a couple of Kiwis running around in indie cars now. Not just Scotty Dixon, yeah. but Scotty McLaughlin as well. And a huge, huge day yesterday for Scotty McLaughlin that uh, joining us from the home of the Pacers and the Colts out of Indiana in the US is Shannon McBride from the Pit Lane Parley. She's a co-host there and an IndyCar fanatic. G'day Shannon, how you doing? I'm good, how are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, good thanks good. Shannon. Uh, uh, Scotty McLaughlin, I mean uh, you, you know a lot about Scott Dixon. I know Scotty McLaughlin sort of turned up on your doorstep uh, last last season, but uh, he's really put his foot uh, down now. He, he got pole, which got some attention, and, and then he got a win as well. How unexpected was that for you guys? Honestly, um, going into uh, so we do we do predictions, right? And so we didn't have not that we didn't have high hopes for Scotty Mac, but we were like we really hope that he you know has some momentum going forward and. Um, can, can do something better than he did last year. And then when he got that pole on Saturday, we were like, oh, man, I don't know. This might be <laughs> – we might be in for a good race tomorrow, right? And then he was quickest in practice, um, in warm-up practice in the morning on Sunday. And so it was uh, – listen, to see that kind of emotion from someone who has been super successful in supercars and then comes over and kind of has a rough year, you know, to see them win their first race in person – and know how much he misses his family. It was so, it like tears. I had tears. It was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're so proud over here in New Zealand. I watched his uh, mum and dad on the news last night, Shannon. It's Izzy here. Great to have you on the show. Um, and they were so emotional. And you can just see how much it meant for them. And in the current state of the world at the moment, it's so hard to get anywhere. So I can see how he was so emotional wanting his family to support him. But can you tell us about... The transition from V8 supercars to Indy cars, like from an outsider looking in, you think, okay, they're just they're just a different shape, type of car, and probably you know different <laughs> engine size, smaller model. But the transition, can you tell us how impressive the actually change has been for Scott McLaughlin to go from supercars to Indy cars? Yeah, I think it's been incredible. Um, I know, you know, as a whole, um, race car drivers are race car drivers, right? You kind of feel like you mm. can drive anything. Um, but yeah. the, the mechanics of it all, the braking zones, the aero kit, the getting used to driving car without a roof over your head, you know, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. Being on short tracks with a lot of, um, I mean, sh- um, not as wide of tracks with a lot of cars going much faster, 
um, the the dangerous part of open wheel racing is that you can't, you know, bump into each other and and mm. do that kind of stuff without there being some serious consequences sometimes. So um, Scott has done an incredible job of racing respectfully. Um, he's, he's, he's just done a really, really great job of coming over here, taking his first year to learn how to really drive these cars. And now I think going into the second season, he's going to really um, put his foot down and and you know push push much much harder to try to get those wins. Mm-hmm. Shannon, uh, I mean, he he was the rookie of the year last year, uh, and I guess to you know mm-hmm. to try and put this uh, into some sort of context from a from a music perspective, you know, the first album's the easiest <laughs> album because you've had your your whole life to write it. The second, you know, the second album syndrome. How often do you see a guy who's been rookie of the year have a flat year the second year? And so, how impressive is this? Um. Yes. <laughs> you, it is it is probably more common than than not um indycar is incredibly competitive and there isn't a bad driver really so for him to <laughs> still come out and be super competitive your second year right like there's a lot of great experienced indycar drivers that he beat yesterday and that mm. is incredible it's incredible so, quickly, Shannon, sorry, just what would a win like this do for Scott McLaughlin? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a golf fan, and I see a lot of journeymen <laughs> grinding it out on the tour, trying to secure their PGA card, trying to stay alive in the sport. But what would a win like this for Scott McLaughlin do, and, and has, has that secured him a drive with Team Penske or anyone going forward? Is this, is this just secured him for life? It's like winning the lotto. Honestly, I, w- I think that um, Scott's drive, his personality, his understanding of the car, his understanding of being a race car driver, if he wants a long career in IndyCar, he can have a long career in IndyCar. I cannot foresee mm. a team owner saying, no, we're not interested in you. Um, but honestly, I can't see Team Penske giving up on him either. Um, you know, they pulled him yeah. over here from Supercars. Roger's a big fan of Scott. Um, and I, I think he really has his back. And I think as long as Scott wants to race Indy cars, he's got it. He's got a place. Mm. Awesome. He, he, in, in terms of his personality as well, I mean, he, he's something a little bit different. Is he? he almost feels to me watching it that he belongs more in NASCAR than an Indy car in terms of his his personality outside of the car. I mean, he wins yesterday, falls outside out of his car, burns his butt on the exhaust, and then does a shoey. I mean, uh, to me, Chewy. you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I just uh, I wonder how has that gone down uh, with the media over there and the fans of the sport? Well, here, let me tell you something that um, I have been trying to get across to everyone who will listen to me. I'm screaming from the mountaintop. Our IndyCar drivers have the greatest personalities of any motorsport yes. drivers I have ever met in my whole life. And we don't do a good enough job of letting people know that so honest to god scotty fits in perfectly he's funny he's witty he is like loving life and that is exactly what we love over here oh 
Beautiful. Well, Scotty Squid, we can't forget our Scotty Dixon, who has been flying the no, flag no, for many, <laughs> many years. Look, yesterday didn't go to plan. He, he was placed number eight uh, in, on the grid. But um, mate, he's still got it, hasn't he? We can still predict a big season for Scott Dixon, our, our wow, superstar indie car driver for many yeah, years. Yeah, you can, you can never count out Scott Dixon. There's, there is not a single race that you could ever say yeah he's definitely out of that i mean yesterday was a strategy call that that kind of Mm. put him down and um the tires didn't last as long as they wanted them to and it just it just got away from him um but that's not a that's not a scott dixon problem you know what i mean like he he is a phenomenal race car driver and i actually i picked him this year to be our champion I think he's going to get championship number seven. So um, I am all for Scott Dixon. <laughs> wow. That's a big call. Hopefully Scotty yeah, McLaughlin's yeah. like, listen, he'll have something else to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> listen, hey, if Scotty oh. Mac wants to come for it, that's fine. I'll have it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's battle. <laughs> yeah. We've got an interesting dynamic too because it's it's not exactly a secret that Scott Dixon and Will Power don't particularly like each other but now you've got Will Power being a teammate of Scott McLaughlin's as well so that kind of adds to the intrigue for the season doesn't it? Yeah, it does Um, I I think that um, Will kind of got a a bad rap for a little bit but I also think that he really um, stands up for what he believes in I mean he's been in IndyCar for 17 seasons so he kind of knows um you know he knows what he wants he knows what the series needs and um scott dixon is the same way so i think they battle on track because they are a lot alike they're both incredible race car drivers who are highly competitive and want to win and when they don't it's incredibly frustrating so um but i can see um you know scott mclaughlin's He's going to be right up there with that. So it will be an interesting dynamic. You add Joseph Newgarden to that Penske team, and, I mean, they're a hell of a team to beat. They really are. Mm. Oh, it's been fascinating to watch this all unfold, and the, the two Scots, proud Kiwis, doing big things on the world stage. We want to thank you, <laughs> Shannon McBride, Pit Lane Parley co-host, for joining us on Baz and Izzy with the help of Ricardo Ball here. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Have a good one. Hey, you too, Shannon. She was awesome. Great oh, vibe great coming chat. out of the United States. Yeah, she was awesome, mate. Thanks for getting that one there. Ricardo Ball doing the great things for the show and getting us some good guests now. We're very proud of Scott and Scott Dixon. Both Scott. Scotty Squared. We'll keep chatting about that shortly. It's time for a wee break. Call us anytime on the Kennard's Hire phone line 0800 150 811. We'll be back shortly. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We've got Ricardo Ball filling in while Baz is away calling the cricket. We're going to have Baz McCullum on the show just after 8 o'clock before and we have we chat about the Black Caps. Can they get it done? We've got a few text messages coming in from Tim. So Tim's got a win-win situation, he reckons. Backed South Africa at $4 to win and nice. backed New Zealand last night at $10 to draw. Can't lose. Well, Timmy, what if they do the unthinkable? Chase <laughs> it down and win. Did you cover that one? 
No, you might have to put that bet on to me. You've got a few bonus bets there, I'm sure, uh, to use. Anyway, thanks for that text, mate. Good luck with those bets. And we've got another one from Chris from Teatatu. We need Blundell to get 50 off 120 and still be with Conway. Otherwise, we are toast. No mm-hmm. chance. It is from Chris. There you go. Lots to happen this morning. Going to watch that unfold in the next couple of hours. And we're going to get a Baz's take. Baz McCullum on the show to share his little insights to what's going on. Coming up too, we're going to talk to Casey Frank about the Tall Blacks. They've been going great guns. Three from three over in Manila, Philippines. Be good to chat to him. But like always, give us a text, double eight, double three, or even call us on the Kennard's High phone line anytime. We're off to track down some McCafe coffees now. Here's Emma with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building music. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in-store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, good morning. Atamaria, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Tuesday the 1st of March and just after 8 o'clock. Well, I've had a good show, man. Great last hour. I really enjoyed that. And if you've missed it, make sure you head over to SEN app or head over to Baz and Izzy's uh, Twitter page and you'll get all the links that will lead you to our last hour. We had Andrew Toros on and, well, just talking about the changes with the Russian football as of late. There's been some huge, huge announcements, breaking news with FIFA. Uh, well, just putting a stake in the ground and denying and getting rid of Russia. I can't compete at major football competitions going forward. And uh, that is just the start as well. So um, great work there from FIFA, stamping their, their mark on the football world and just making a few changes. So we had Andrew Toros on, and he was great. So if you missed that, head over and have a wee listen. And also Shannon McBride. Shannon McBride, she was outstanding. Great get Ricardo going over to the U.S. and getting Shannon McBride. She is a... Uh, Pit Lane Parley co-host and she knows everything about indie cars and she even said that Scott Dixon is still going to get his seventh uh, indie car title. Coming up we're going to chat to Casey Frank about the Tall Blacks but right now I've got to cross over because I've missed him, I've missed the Baz, the Skip, the one and only McCullum but he's a busy man, he's got everything going on, he's a commentator, he's a coach, he's a radio host, he's a not bad golfer too. Not a bad golfer. Usually shooting about high 70s, he reckons. We'll see. I've seen him on the list tomorrow. Seen him on the list for maybe our Wednesday group. Might have to go along and show him how to play golf and a bit of etiquette as well. See how see if my etiquette on, etiquette on the golf course has improved. But he's on the line now. How are you, my brother? Ah, uh, good morning, brother. Good morning. What a lovely intro. Gee, so nice to me with Amani <laughs> frequently coming on the radio, eh? And, and your etiquette... <laughs> Your etiquette is not a quick fix. I think that's deeply rooted in your golfing psyche. <laughs> do you know what? I'm just going to do it now, just to really annoy you and get you off your golf game because you're playing. You're, play, you're playing quite sharp at the moment. I must say, like you, you're shooting like high seventies, eighties. Yeah, you must be pretty but good I, with that. I, I didn't bring my clubs down though, bro. So I might not be able to play. I might have to, you know, get home and pack some. Pack some gear yeah. for uh, before I go to Australia, rather than trying to take yeah. your money. You know. <laughs> fair enough, bro. Fair enough. Hey, um, <laughs> quickly, uh, you, you're down in Christchurch, but you, you're shooting off soon. You're heading over to Australia 
spend a time, bit of time with Liz's family, and then you're going to shoot off to IPL, mate. Is everything falling into place? Yeah, it is, bro. It's um, gee, it's a bit niggly over in, uh, but gnarly over in Aussie as well. So Liz's family's from Lismore, so all the flooding which is going on at the moment, which is oh. uh, the worst floods we've ever had, actually. So. Big shout out to all of her family. Hopefully they're all safe and well and Liz Moore is yeah. able to get a little bit of respite. So we, well, the plan is to head over there this week. Um, we're going to spend about five days with them. So we haven't seen them in two years, which is pretty cool. Got a little niece and nephew that I haven't met as well. Um, yeah. Now the old border restrictions are a bit easier. And then from there, I'll, um, I'll crack straight onto the IPL bro. So yeah, we'll rip into it. Try and, try and take Flem's team down this time round, eh? Go one step further. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go one step further, but you always, you know, you got our support back here in NZ, and uh, you're a big part of our team. And we hope you go over there and do well, and spend some quality time with your family before you shoot off. And uh, you look make after the, you look after millions. the show, that way. <laughs> wow, mate, I don't know. I have to. I haven't got anything else going on, mate. I'm just stuck here and sit in my house and just do the show, but just keep holding the fort down, brother. That's what about what you? Do you look after that, and then you know when I come back, then I'll I'll you know make sure that I look after you. I'll bring some more tea home. All right. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Bears. Hey, quickly, Bears. daggy has been doing the Love Racing NZ updates every day, and just really, wow, no idea. How are they going um, for you, mate? She, <laughs> oh yeah, really, really good actually. Monday and Tuesday, there's lots happening in the racing world. I'll tell you that. I've even gone in. I've e- I've even tipped out today. I went over to Bendigo, mate. Race five, number eleven, called Mahia. And the only reason I've gone to Mahia is that's close to Gizzy, and my wife's from Gizzy, so it's paying six dollars fifty. Potentially might win, mate. But surely for our listeners, they miss you. They want to lead in. Hastings tomorrow. Surely you got something. Well, hang on. First of all, let's talk about Mahia. You're not too far off the mark because you got Michael D in the saddle. He's a former Kiwi jockey. Yes. You've got Trent Bussett and Natalie Young, who we've had on the show before, former Kiwi trainers. Yep. And it's a Darcy Brahma, so it's Kiwi bred as well. So you're actually not too far there off the money there, mate. Okay? $6.50? So you pretend, yeah. You pretend you don't know what you're doing, but you actually do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I had a wee look. I had a wee look. It's not bad for him. It's had six starts, one win and one third. Uh, one placing, yeah. I must say, and so I think it'll go all right. Just drawing wide yeah. though, barrier eleven. Nah, don't worry about that. You'll be okay. So you want one for tomorrow? You got anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us, give us something, bud. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> right. There's one which, um, which might be a little. I actually hadn't seen the market. Have you got it in front of you or not? Because there's a horse yep. in the Lowland Stakes tomorrow. Yeah, well, I've been talking about that. I've been talking about that. I've been talking... Uh, Aspen, Colorado. I didn't see that one. I saw South of, South of Session. That's paying $2. And Love Letters paying, I don't know, mid, mid odds, about 6 bucks, I think. Ooh. Aspen, Those Colorado paying 7s and 210 There you go. There you go. Aspen, Aspen Colorado. Colorado. Who's riding? Aspen, Army. There you go. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's been going good, too. Yeah, that's right. So I reckon that horse, I reckon it's a, I reckon it's a pretty good horse. Well, pretty good filly. I think she's a, mm. you know, she can she can gallop. So that's that's my little tip for you, brother. There you go. Thanks for giving me that because you gave us nothing about the, the fibrillate. So, um, yeah, no, I really appreciate that one. I didn't think you could sh- win. 
All our listeners were coming in hot yesterday about and I said, I didn't even know as well. Sorry, guys. Oh, neither did oh, I. I'm one of the owners. So there you go. Oh, you must be pumped yeah. though. That was a, that was a good race. Obviously, I, I read the form afterwards and it dropped in class, and it just all made sense. Won that race last year, the Mornington, and and won that one. So back to back, it just looked comfortable. My dad got on. He got it at twelve bucks, so he was up and about. Ah, oh, good work, good work. Now, well, the thing, mm. the reason why I didn't think it could win is is because we, if you remember, we were on the path to the Melbourne Cup, so that was a two thousand meter race, and we were. We'd stretched yeah. him out to try and run two miles last year, and and he sort of just ran. He started to maybe run a little down. Maybe we sort of took the speed out of him a little bit. So since then, he's had a good freshen mm. up. He's come back. He's had a couple of trials over shorter distances, and I was it was a big watch for me. I wanted to wait and see how he came back before start tipping him out. But gee, came yeah. back right. He went boom. So he could be in for an exciting campaign. So you obviously. Um didn't tip him out, but you had a bet on him? Uh, I had a sentimental bet, yeah. A sentimental <laughs> bet. <laughs> oh, shit, Baz. Man, I had a horrible weekend. Thank you, baby winks. Baby winks. Not even close to baby winks, anyway. That's enough of that. She's still oh, a baby. She'll, she'll be okay. Yeah. She's still, remember what J-Mac yeah. said? She's still a baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Winks didn't lose. I'll tell you that, so don't even put him in the same. Winks category. lost anyway, early. Sorry, Actually, Winks did lose. <laughs> lost it. Hang lost on. in uh, what she was. She lost the two first two races or something, something like that. Anyway, we digress. Okay, 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 mate. Well, quickly, quickly we're going to talk, talk some cricket. cricket we're going to talk some. Yeah, we'll talk some cricket. <laughs> well, Ricardo picked it. He said, "Wonder if we'll talk any cricket because we're just going to talk horses. I could talk horses with you today, mate." Um, anyway, we'll talk some cricket today. Backs against the wall, mate. Obviously, Devin Conway is our shining light. Can we, can we do the unthinkable? And this team, if anyone's going to create history, it's the Black Caps as of late. I mean, outstanding. But can it happen today, bud? How do you see this unfolding? Well, my heart says that we can, but mm. my head says we're buggered. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Right. Oh, look, I think the surface is actually flat. Like, it's a really good wicket, you know? Um and yeah. like it's a pretty inexperienced bowling lineup. They've got Rabada, who's clearly an absolute jet, um, and mm. he's bowled brilliantly, and he even batted well in this test as well. Uh, Marco Janssen, six foot plenty, got high release. Started getting his paces up there a little bit last night, but not like yeah. I mean, good bowler, but but still relatively unproven. The the two keys mm. for me are um, Rabada with the new ball when that time comes. Yep. Um, yep. If they're still going, New Zealand, um, and then leading into that, it'll be the Maharaj threat because he's a nice spinner. He gets he challenges both the inside edge and outside edge of the right-handers in particular, um, and mm. he's got a little bit of foot marks to aim for for the left-handers. So he's probably the biggest danger. But gee, it's been mm. an incredible turnaround day like in a week, mm. and the same at the same ground, same teams for there to be such a stark turnaround has been. Phenomenal. I don't think New Zealand's played that bad. I don't think South Africa's just mm. played outstandingly well. So for you, for you, and I'll, I'll quickly get over to Ricardo in a minute. But for you, if you're in the in the the Black Caps, you know, environment, how how do you see them approaching us? Do you do you see them 
Devin Conway coming out and just battening down the hatches and absolutely just anchoring down and blocking left, right and centre? Or do you, would you still play positive cricket to potentially, um, you know, doing the unthinkable and getting the, getting the double or just playing out a draw? But, you know, if their mindset, their attitude, how do you see them approaching today? Well, they can't win. That's first and foremost. They can't win. Um, so there's only two results on the table. One is to lose and the other one is to draw. But the thing that's really key when you're trying to bat, um, when you're trying to bat out a day or two days is that you, you've got to still have a natural tempo. So whatever your natural tempo is, then you just come slightly under that, if that makes sense. So if you're a stroke maker, you still have to be getting your fill, if that makes sense. So you got you still got to be hitting the odd ball to the boundary and getting that release. But you just play slightly within yourself. And if you're a, a nuggety dow player, then you just play that sort of tempo. Like it, it makes no sense for Colin DeGrand home, for instance, to come out and try and dead bat every ball because he just... Yeah. Something will go off in his he head won't. and he'll have an almighty slog <laughs> and, it'll, and it'll turn yeah. bad, you know? You've got to find a way... I even think back... That time I was lucky enough to sort of bat out the day against India... It's, you, you've still got to get a release somewhere. So you're still trying to be positive, still see the scoreboard ticking over, but you're playing just slightly within yourself. I think that's that's their best approach. Uh, Baz, we saw um, Keshav Maharaj take two for 32 off 16, so, you know, sort of strangle the run rate a bit and, um, and, and take some wickets as well. Uh, here's something that, you know, um, Tom Latham didn't have at his disposal, a, a spinner. Do you think that they, they missed a trick with a selection for this test? Oh, look, I think, hey, Ricardo, I think um, I think South Africa have, they've read the conditions beautifully. Like, like When they won the toss and they decided to bat, I was kind of like, I turned around, I was like, you what? You know what? <laughs> and, and, he, and they said, we're going to bat. And then he said, we want to front up and we're going to pick a spinner. And I was like, wow, good on you. That's really gutsy. But then if we think back to Daniel Vittori operated in New Zealand for a long period of time, and I know we've got an outstanding Ooh. team back. But sometimes you've just—I'd love us to to consider a spinner a lot more than what we what we have. I think New Zealand cricket's got it right for a long period of time when you play on those real green wickets. But this one wasn't quite the same. It had a slightly more browner tinge to it, and it looked like it was going to go five days. So a spinner becomes, you know, really key in that. And Maharaj is a good bowler. We've got good bowlers. AJ's Patel is a good bowler. Um, I know he's not available at the moment because of his injury, but you know he, he's there as well. So. The thing is that I think a lot of the time we've talked about Colin de Grandhome um, sort of position versus a spinner. I actually don't see it like that. But without de Grandhome's runs, we would have been pumped in this test. I think he still comes in and bats where he does. But to me, I'm not sure you need four seamers plus de Grandhome. So it's one of either Wagner or Jameson um, who would miss out to make way for a spinner. But you've got to say that the cricket, the cricket's a lot more fun when you've got a spinner, eh? But last <laughs> night... You see them with all the men around the bat and the pressure it creates and the, the <laughs> angst that it, that it gives you as a batter or as a viewer. So, look, um, we've got to start to look at including a spinner in our squad for sure. Even though it's been an incredibly successful period for New Zealand cricket, operating with the seamers, there'll be times where you have to have a spinner. 
Yeah, hey, well, Baz, on on that then, you know, um, were you talking about the the bowlers and and the makeup of that bowling? There's been uh, quite a bit of chatter on on Twitter after uh, his no show with the bat of recent times about where Tim Southey should sit in the order. Uh, a few people calling him uh, calling for him to be dropped to eleven with Matt Henry sixty and Wags forty nine, and obviously Jamison being able to bat at eight. Uh, what do you what do you make of that? And would you want to be the guy to tell him, or would would that be a phone call? Uh, well, that. first of all, I certainly don't mind. I don't mind uncomfortable conversations. That's part of the role, right? But yeah. Um, so you'd have to you'd tell him over a beer if that was the case. But there's no way I'd be doing that. I think he's got close to eighty odd test sixes. The thing about Tim Southey is every time he gets out, it's going to look ugly, and you just got to get that through your head. But the game's not about looking pretty. The game's about scoring runs, and he averages, I think, about sixteen for a number for a number uh, nine batsman. Sixteen's actually pretty good. <laughs> Uh, the, the fact that we're even talking about who bats 9, 10, 11 is kind of a moot point, I think. And yeah, yeah. in the end, Saudi, I don't think he really cares where he bats. But I, I quite like him at number nine because he can play a couple of shots and, and it just sort of, you know, if he gets 15, 20 playing a couple of shots, then you just take a little bit of that sort of oomph into the, into the last batters too. So, yeah. Oh, we're just lucky we've got some guys who can bat. I thought Matt Henry was dead stiff the other day when he got caught at deep point first ball too. That's unlucky. <laughs> All right, Bears. What time are we catching up? What time do you see we see? We, what time are we catching up today? What time do you think this is going to be all wrapped up? Hmm? You have coffee well, about it's sort, one. It sort, of, sort of depends because there's a <laughs> there's like a flight. There's like the last flight from Christchurch to Hamilton <laughs> about two thirty. So Ooh. if the boys hang so on, you're low key prone. Then, <laughs> then, then I won't. Then I won't make that. And I'll sort of stay down the night, and um, and then if it if unfortunately it doesn't work out, I'll probably go home early because the family's going to go to Oddly tomorrow. So yeah. I'll have to let you know, bro. Is that okay? So Why don't you come down so and watch? Either the way, you ah <laughs> oh, busy, mate. Got to go play golf oh. at ten. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like tag. <laughs> Late tags, good mate. I've been. I was on the diggle yesterday. So, well, Country Clunas was out flying this morning, talking about late dag and and being out in the digger. But no, I'm um I'm going to have a whack at ten o'clock, bud. But uh, hopefully, if you stay the night, I'll catch up with you uh, tonight, eh? We'll have a wee catch up. All right, sounds good, brother. Sounds good. See you boys. Have fun, eh? We'll have a... You too, Bez. Good to talk yeah. to you. I miss you. I miss you. Yeah, cheers. And the miss kitchen. You too, Bez. A boy. And the kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, Emma's back. Emma's back. She's back from her four-day weekend, so she's flying today. So the team's back in there. And Louie, can't forget Louie. Where's Louie? Oh, he's having a good holiday. He deserves a good holiday. Gee, he's worked hard over the summer, hasn't he? Yes. He's been gone so long, it's almost a matter of who's Louie. <laughs> oh, you can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> yeah, Emma was down in Christchurch as well. She looked like following her oh. Instagram Post. She looked like she had a pretty good weekend too. She's a bit bleary eyed this morning. Oh. <laughs> she is. She sounds a bit croaky. She kind of, she, she she said Med, Medvedev better than I did, so she's doing a lot better than I did. But anyway, she's doing well. But um, we appreciate you coming on the show, bro. It is your show, so really you can come on whenever you like. So thanks very much, Bears. <laughs> Love you, mate. We miss you. And uh, there you go, Aspen, Colorado tomorrow. Good work, brother. Take care. Love you. See you, boys. See you, See you, mate. Cheers. There you go, Bears. The skip McCullum giving his little take of what's going to unfold. And, well, let's be honest, she's probably going to be over in the next hour or so. It's tough, tough work.
the Black Cats. Let's hope not. We love staying firm and strong and supporting our teams, the Black Caps. Uh, hopefully they can salvage a draw because he reckons they can't even get a win. But 330 from 91 overs, you think it's an ach- achievable with um, Colin de Gromholm coming in. He ain't going to block. He's going to swing for the rafters. Anyway, that was Baz McCullum talking about some cricket and a lot on the horse racing. Uh, tomorrow, race seven, Aspen, Colorado, winning the group two, Lowland Stakes in Hastings. There you go. That was skipper Baz McCullum. Coming up, we're going to chat to Paulie Moati, our TAB live catch-up. That was Baz McCullum. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yeah, just coming up to 8.30 with the news with Emma. But before then, we've got a chat to Paulie Moati. Time for a TAB live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Paulie Moati, the party starter. How are you, brother? What are you <laughs> yeah, got for morning. Us? Morning is. Morning, uh, Ricardo. Morning, mate. Ain't no party like a Paulie Moati party. We all know that. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, cup of tea and some biscuit. popcorn for us today. <laughs> what do you got for us, popcorn wise? You get cup of tea and a biscuit. What do you got, Paulie? Uh, I thought. Well, let's have a look at the uh, the test match between the Black Caps and South Africa. We're into the final day today, uh, and it mm-hmm. looks like the South Africans uh, are fairly well uh, positioned. They're now a dollar ten to win that test match mm. uh, today. The Black Caps are out to $25. Uh, so, Biz, if you think that the, they're going to have a go, um, $25 <laughs> doesn't look the worst. I, I, I think it's a bridge too far myself. The draw is at uh, $6.30. I can tell you we've taken some big bets over the last couple of days. We've had a $9,000 bet on the South Africans at $1.14. Uh, we've had a $5,000 bet on the South Africans at $1.53. But here, here's an interesting one. A $3,000 bet on the draw at $7.60. So someone's Ooh. hoping someone's hoping that the, the black caps just <laughs> shut up shop and, and keep the South Africans out. <laughs> so someone is very, very keen on the draw. 3000 at $7.60. There's been another significant bet on the draw as well, a $2,000 bet on the draw at $2.80. So I can tell you the draw is the worst result mm. for the DAB by far. Uh, the bookies are cheering for the South Africans to go on and win this test. Okay, okay. Get up the draw, batting down the hatches. No, just joking here, Paulie Mighty. Mate, if I, I'm a bit like I'm a bit like Colin de Gronol, mate. I'm gonna go swing for the rafters. If this is the last minute and we're down by six, Daggy's gonna chip and chase from his own goal line to try and get the dub. I'll tell you that. So swing for the rafters, I, I reckon. I can see Shag shaking his head in the stands right now. <laughs> get him off. Some of them off. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, also, anyway. we've, we've got a same yep. game claim on a couple of basketball games today. Miami up against Chicago and Milwaukee up against Charlotte. Uh, just place a three or more leg same game multi on either of those two games and get a refund up to $50 as a bonus bet if you lose by one leg. Now, if you're having a go on the Miami-Chicago uh, match... I suggest that you throw DeMar DeRozan in there somewhere. Uh, I think he's his line is 35.5 points plus rebounds. Yeah. Now, 
the last four games that he's played, he's got a 38, uh, 43, uh, 44 points plus rebounds. Um, so wow. I think over 35 and a half points plus rebounds. If you're going to have a same game multi, throw DeMar DeRozan in there somewhere. Ooh, he's been on fire. He's on my fantasy side too, which I kind of gave up on about five weeks ago because I had too many injuries and my team was going horrific. But I had Damara DeRozan. He was going good for me. Anyway, thank you so much, Paulie. See you tomorrow. Cheers, boys. Have, have a good one. Are you working tomorrow? You, you yeah, on? I'll, be on? I'll, I'll be here. I'll be here. Yeah. Okay. 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 Just had to confirm that. Sometimes I don't know if you, Paulie Mwari. I'll bring you a song <laughs> tomorrow, eh? How does that sound? You bring oh. me a song, I'll bring you one. Beautiful, love it. <laughs> All right, that was Paulie Mwari. Promotions in play in hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Thank you, Paulie Mwari. Here's Emma with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. I got my first real six string. Bought it at the five and done. Played it till my fingers bled. Yeah, thank you, Emma. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast at uh, 26 away from 9. Ricardo in for uh, Baz. And uh, got some 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 uh, news for you. Izzy, have you seen that show, uh, Ted Lasso, about the American football coach Ma- who goes and coaches in England? No, because I, I'm not allowed to watch any. My wife's watching Chicago Fire, Manifest, and something <laughs> else. No, so I haven't. I've, I've screwed past it. I've heard it's very good. Well, it's come true. It's come true. Leeds United have just sacked uh, their Argentinian coach, uh, Marco Bielsa, Marcelo Bielsa, have uh, just appointed Jesse Marsh, uh, an American, who uh, was mm. coaching in Germany this year but got sacked by Red Bull, Salz- uh, Red Bull Leipzig. So uh, uh, that is news. And I'll tell you what else is news, mate. Uh, you, you, you've... So we've seen the All Blacks on the end of the odd, uh, and the, probably the Crusaders on the end of the uh, the odd dodgy refereeing decision. I'm thinking that Lions, that Lions test, third test, uh, particularly, yeah, mate. But yeah. uh, Everton mm. have officially complained to the Premier League over re- recent refereeing decisions, including a penalty they should have had in their one 0 loss to Manchester City at the weekend. In fact, they've been pretty, uh, they've been pretty strong on it, mate. This is, you know, Frank Lampard's the coach there. And this is what he said about it. He said, there's no doubt, it's, there's no probably, it's definitely a penalty. The decision is incredible, incredible, and it loses us an opportunity to get what we deserve. Uh, we've lost a point because a professional can't do his job. You're searching for whys, and I can't think why. It's so incompetent, it's wrong. It's incompetence at best. At worst, who knows what it is. I'll wait for a statement or an apology. Uh, those are pretty strong words. Ooh, very, very strong words. He's gone out of limb there because I don't know what happens over with with the football world, but if you go out and you criticise the refs, there's got to be some consequences that will will come from this. So Frank Lampard with Everton, um, be interesting to see what unfolds there, mate. And uh, look, let's be honest, refs, and we've seen it with rugby, and you spoke about that that series against the Lions when they make mistakes and there's questionable decisions. And look, there was a... Oh, life-changing uh, decision for me because I was a part of that game and I couldn't mm-hmm. believe it and uh, had an opportunity to beat the Lions, but it wasn't meant to be. We we ended up with a draw. Um, but, yeah, it is uh, it is one of those ones. We need refs in the game, so how far do you go to, to punish them, to out them when they make mistakes? But they should also um, be held accountable for their reviews because as players, as a past player, 
I was held accountable every time I wore the jersey. I was debated. Everyone had an opinion on how it is. So, look, it's just one of those balancing acts, and it'll be interesting to see what unfolds. I want to ask you, Ballwood FC, when's that? When's the FA Cup? When's that match? Because uh, they're playing Everton. Yeah, shortly, tomorrow. And we had uh, the manager for Ballwood. So it's tomorrow. Oh, get up, Ballwood. <laughs> Boreham, <laughs> Boreham Wood. Boreham Wood, mate. That's the Boreham. team. Boreham Wood, that's it. Boreham yeah, Wood, yeah. So, it. yeah, they, they play uh, they play Everton. We've got a whole bunch of FA Cup games uh, tomorrow is. So, uh, there's a, yeah, there's a whole bunch that we can get stuck into uh, tomorrow if you if you want to have a look at it because uh, some of the big teams in action too, Manchester City play Peterborough, uh, Tottenham play Middlesbrough, and Liverpool play Norwich. Sorry, Everton, Boreham Wood is on Friday, Friday morning our time, but there's a whole bunch. Ah. Chelsea play Luton Town. So, there's a whole bunch of games over the next uh, two or three days. There you go. The manager. We had the manager on a couple of weeks ago. Can't remember his name off the top of my head. Kez will be able to uh, tell me the name shortly. But he came on the show. He was a fantastic mate. So good. Can we get him on before the game? Can we try and get him on again, boys? So it was Luke Garrard, is he, who was the uh, the Luke, manager of Borumwood FC. Yes. So the, I've adopted Borumwood as my new second team, just because of uh, it was the day that Ricardo, <laughs> you were actually filling in, and we we called a pub in Borumwood called the Wellington, and uh, we were going to try and get someone from the pub on, but it was j- actually too loud in the pub from the celebrations that we couldn't <laughs> actually get anyone. It was that insane. The barmaid couldn't hear me over the phone just because of how loud it was. So my Borehamwood jersey is oh. expected to arrive on Monday. I spoke to Luke directly and uh, got a jersey ordered, so mine's on the way. So they take on Everton on Friday. Did you? How's oh, that for signing into the DMs a freebie? No, it wasn't no, a freebie. No, no, no. no, no I did no, have you... to pay, so their website was down. This is another one. So they got oh. so many like fans after this FA Cup victory that obviously resellers went on and bought out all the jerseys. So they shut down the website. And then so while it was down, I sent a message to Luke and said, hey, mate, is there any way that I could get a jersey? And then he sent me a direct oh, link that those, was sent from the club. So I got a jersey. Back, just those backroom ones. Okay, okay. You just don't even tell the team that you're going to buy one. I would have bought one too, mate. Oh, yeah. Get, get, me some, get me some of your promos, Izzy. I'll give you mine. I'll take a My Little Pony. I'll take a My Little Pony ad. Hashtag ad on every post. Oi. I'll take that. King Kingsford charcoal, mate. I'll cook you a nice short rib. Eh? I Come saw that. It looked Come really good. Me, Anyways, get on. Yeah, it was, out. it was very good. Get get Luke on, okay? There you go. Get Luke on in the next couple of days. See if he's up for having a wee chat before he heads to, heads to the game against Frank Lampard and Everton. I'm a supporter now. All on it. We're, we're all boring wood. We're all boring wood, mate. We're all boring wood. Hey, and uh, just before we finish uh, this little uh, breaking news sports segment, mate, uh, I know you're a big golf fan, Izzy, and uh, the American Mm. team for the Ryder Cup, uh, they've named a new captain. He's the 30th captain of the US Ryder Cup team, and it is Zach Johnson. He's going to lead them for the next Ryder Cup. Zachy. Beautiful. Zach Johnson, champion. Awesome. Thanks very much for that little update there, Ricardo. Appreciate it, brother. We'll be back shortly. We're going to chat to Casey Frank. About the Tallbacks, our three from three, Piero Cameron and, and the Tallbacks doing good things over in Manila. We're going to have a wee chat to Casey Frank and maybe even talk about the new Queenstown NBL franchise. We'll be back shortly. The biggest health and beauty brands in store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ.
It's a quarter to nine here on SENZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Ricardo Ball sitting in for the skip. Baz McCullum, as he's uh, calling the last day of the test in Christchurch at Hagley Oval today. And uh, we uh, want to talk uh, some basketball. Just trying to get hold of Casey Frank, of course, our former Tall Black and Breaker uh, himself, uh, because New Zealand are um, over at the moment. The Tall Blacks at the... Uh, FIBA Asian qualifiers for the World Cup and they'll play three games so far is 101.46 over India 88.63 over the host nation uh, the Philippines and then 95 to 60 over India as well we play uh, we're going to play uh, uh, the Philippines coming up uh, a little later on as well but uh, you know, the Tall Blacks been going pretty well mate 3-0 and you can't ask for much more than that mm. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. I don't think you take much uh, from the Indian India contest. I think uh, they're just absolutely punishing. But the Philippines, you can take a lot out of that um, with the with the close match and how they've been on the on the big stage and and been a, a force within basketball. Um, so yeah, I was keen to yeah keen to ask Casey Frank if we can take a lot lot out of this um, as New New Zealand basketball. Are we are we trajecting in the right direction heading towards uh, the FIBA World Champs and also just kind of. I was, mate, loved watching it back in, I think it was 01 when they played that and they made the top four. I think they lost to, to China to, to make the finals or um, and, and like guys like Ed Book, um, you know, Phil Jones, uh, just Piero Cameron, the coach, man, just dropping dimes from everywhere. And, and I was a huge fan. And then lately, we they just probably haven't had the success that they've had of, as of late, but can we take much out of this? And guys like Rob Lowe, who's been playing for the Breakers, but... You know, Dan Shamir hasn't really, he's kind of lost a little bit of faith in him. But for him to go over there and, and put in solid performance, back-to-back double-doubles, um, he shot 18 and on that last one over India. So, yeah, I was keen to, to get a little lead in, mate. But you've been pretty impressed with how, they, how they've been playing in these last three games? Can we take much uh, out of it? Well, that's the thing, Izzy. I mean, you know, I think we're that, that much better than India. Um, that mm. it, it is hard, but you can only, you know, that old, what's that old saying? You can only beat what's in front of you. Um, and they've done the job. Yeah. And I think too, you know, you yeah. look at the team they've taken over. They've been without a few players. They've uh, they've been down on options because of travel restrictions and mm. things as well. So there's a few young guys getting a, a bit of a taste of international basketball, and you know they've picked it up and run with it. So I, I think it's positive going forward for for the Tall Blacks and for the New Zealand basketball program because we've got guys now with international experience know what it's like to be on tour, uh, beat a team that maybe plays different styles of basketball in India and the Philippines as well. There's bigger challenges to come, but it sets us up pretty well because I think after uh, we finish this group, then the next group that we then have mm. to go into has, I think, uh, like Jordan are involved, um, and yeah. uh, you know they'll they'll be another challenge. I think Lebanon are involved as well, so those are bigger teams, better teams with more basketball pedigree. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but relative, we we've there's only one team that goes from Oceania to the FIBA World Cup. So basically, we've got to beat Australia, don't we? If we're going to have any chance to go to the Speed World Cup, is that how it works? Or are these qualifiers, they can have an, there's another route for them to go a different direction, or is it just one team from Oceania going? No, no, well, that's the thing. That's what, We've jumped out of Oceania, and we're in Asia now. So we've got more qualifying oh, yeah. routes. So, um, ah, so that's good. There, there are seven spots 
Um, so there's 16 nations going for seven spots, basically. So uh, I think we've got a good shot. I mean, this is who's trying to qualify at the moment. There's Aussie, there's Bahrain, China, Chinese Taipei, India, Indonesia, Iran, Japan, Jordan, Kazakhstan, Korea, Lebanon, New Zealand, the Philippines, Saudi Arabia, and Syria. Uh, you'd have to say probably that China and Australia would be the favourites out of those, but you know, um, mm. there's a few others in there that will cause, cause a few problems. So I think New Zealand are, are in a pretty good, pretty good spot at the moment. I think there's every chance that we uh, that we make that World Cup. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree, mate. Uh, looking forward to uh, watching that unfold, and hopefully we can get some of our stars back on the world stage. It is pretty tough for them. Obviously, the break is over in Australia, and they are playing tonight and hopefully they can get back on the horse as they say it's been a tough old campaign for them over in the the australian nbl um but yeah hopefully we can get some quality players back in there but right now the tall blacks are flying absolutely flying. we're just struggling to get a hold of casey frank would have been great to have a wee chat to the former tall blacks legend and current commentator for sky sport he talks a lot of the commentary for the basketball in new zealand he does a great job as well but we struggled and then struggling to catch up with him so maybe we just shoot off and we come back on the other side and have a wee chat to Ian Smith, Smithy, because, well, it was his birthday yesterday and I want to get a wee little lead. How was his day? Did he get a nice, did he get well looked after from the family? Louise looking after him, you know, cooking him a nice lunch and maybe he went to Turks on a Monday. What do you reckon? Turks is open. We'll get a wee little update from Smithy when we come back for our sleep, uh, sleep on it. Thanks to Temper with Ian Smith. Back shortly.